on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we would have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Center Ice at the Onondaga County War Memorial, where all is calm now. But a few hours from now, we'll see what the Crunch have. We'll see if the Syracuse Crunch want to stick around a little longer, if they want to continue this playoff hockey thing, if the ridiculous playoff beards I've seen on some of you, not including the broadcaster of this hockey team. It's a good effort there, Lucas. Good effort. We'll talk to Lucas Favalli, the voice of the crunch here shortly. But, uh, hey, I want to see how ridiculous these playoff beards can get. I want to see how long this team can stick around. And that is the question that awaits us as about hmm, three hours from now or so, we're going to drop the puck. Game four between the Syracuse Crunch and the Toronto Marlies here at the historic Onondaga County War Memorial. So we are here for that. We, of course, will broadcast that game for you right here on your home for crunch hockey espn radio syracuse tonight right here here's how you get in touch with the program 437 7644 you can hit me on twitter anytime brent axe media brent axe media where the show never stops you can also hit us on the on the block text line great way to get in touch at 288-0644 if you're listening on the radio we greatly appreciate that Hello, Utica. What's happening? Yes, uh, the Comets were eliminated by this very Toronto Marlies team, and perhaps another Central New York victim could be in hand for the Marlies. Hopefully not tonight, but certainly we'll see if it is tonight. If you're listening on the ESPN app, wherever you are, and by golly, it is a gorgeous day outside. Another sunny 75-degree kind of chamber of commerce, take some photos type of day in central New York. That's why we have the app. You download the ESPN app. You find ESPN Syracuse on said app, and uh, off you go. Do your thing, baby, and we will do it with you. So we've got a loaded show from the War Memorial today. We're going to bounce back and forth pretty much between a couple of things do some hot takes uh there's an update and it is not a good one on this syracuse football related story in that there was a local couple more towards uh kind of western new york port byron area that it just it, it makes me sick to my stomach that i even have to say this that it's happening in this world but it happened and there's kind of a sports tie to it that they actually faked that their child had cancer they told their child that he had cancer when he did not And as a part of that, kind of, you know, roped in a visit with the Syracuse football team where they rolled out the red carpet for him, and he got to 
to be on the field and meet a number of players and break the huddle. And why wouldn't you do something like that for a kid who they thought and most people thought was going through the worst thing that a child can go through and the worst thing the parents of a child can go through. But as it turns out, was not the case. So there is an update on that that we'll get into and a number of things here. But we will focus mostly on two things. One is what is happening here at the War Memorial and the other is Yankees Red Sox which begin another series tonight. It is only May the 8th, but each time these two get together, it feels like October baseball. It's a huge series. The two best teams in the American League, certainly two of the best teams in baseball. You'll hear it over on Brostat, TK99, of course, your home for Yankee baseball, and on ESPN Radio Utica Rome, for those of you listening in the Mohawk Valley, the home of the Yankees out that way. We have a few guests that will join us today. We're looking forward to speaking with all these gentlemen. Lucas Favalli, the voice of the crunch. I'm in his booth, so, you know, uh, we might as well invite him in his own booth to talk some hockey coming up here and how the crunch can bounce back tonight. We will bring on Jared Diamond, our friend from... The Wall Street Journal, Syracuse grad, and doing a great job on the Major League Baseball beat. We'll focus mostly on Yankees Red Sox with him, and a couple other baseball things we'll discuss with him. Howard Dolgan, the owner of the Syracuse uh, Crunch, will join us later in the program, as well Chris Smith, who is a Syracuse grad, and he's on the Red Sox beat from MassLive.com. Yesterday, we had on Brandon Cuddy from NJ.com, also part of that advanced media empire. So in the interest of fairness, right, we're going to have on a Red Sox reporter today. He's a Syracuse guy to boot. He does a great job covering the Sox. So we'll get into that. Plenty of guests, a lot to get to from you. Let's dive into it. So, you know, the posters that are plastered all over the place in this building, and I saw a few on my way over here, and they've got the, you know, kind of the street lamp things that they're hanging for the Syracuse Crunch is go get it. That is not my question tonight. My question for tonight is what you got? My question is, what are you going to show here tonight? Are you going to fade out and accept that perhaps the Toronto Marlies are the better team, that the Toronto Marlies just kind of have that look and that feel of a team that's ready to win a Calder Cup? Are you going to bow out having only played two playoff games in this building, in this Calder Cup playoff, because to your credit, you swept the Rochester Americans in the first round? So I guess it would be three games to add on tonight if it ends tonight. But no matter what the number is, it is a very short stay in the postseason. Are you going to pile up excuses? Are you going to put a goaltender in there if it is Eddie Pasquale, if it is Connor Ingram who has another bad night? Or are you going to come out and do what Toronto did to you the other night? And that is to take whatever crowd is here. And this is a crowd that there is certainly going to be a, a base of crunch fans that are always here that support this team as loudly and as proudly as any fan base of any team in central New York. But it is kind of that fair-weather crowd, that crowd that kind of circles in and fills up the seats that come to these games because there's a buzz in town, because there's a feel to it, because they feel like they've got to be there. Well, it's Tuesday night, and it's one of the most gorgeous spring days in central New York of this, air quotes, spring that we've had that had a late arrival here. So to get that crowd in this building tonight, coming off a 7-1 drubbing the other night, is going to be a tough sell. So I guess it's pretty good that this organization is good at marketing, and this organization knows how to sell tickets, and this organization knows how to overcome odds that way. I'm wondering what you got. I'm not talking about go get it, because you have temporarily pushed 
yourself to the back of the room in that conversation. What do you got? What are you going to show us tonight? From Ben Grew on down, we played the clips on yesterday's show. He made no excuses about what this team was in Game 3, what happened in Game 3, the short turnaround from Game 2 to Game 3, going from Toronto to Syracuse. Ben Grew was having none of that. And look, Ben Grew will not be here next year. Ben Grew will be coaching in the National Hockey League next year. So... If tonight is his last night coaching this hockey team, and not only this hockey team but in this building, I wonder what kind of game his team will give because this is one of the great challenges in what has been a very successful two-year tenure as the head coach of the Syracuse Crunch. Ben Grew has put himself on the short list to be a National Hockey League coach for a reason, but even the best coaches have big challenges that they have to overcome, and that is what I'm curious about tonight. You know, the other night in Game 3 here on Sunday, the Marlies came out. Now, this is less than 24 hours after a double overtime game, and they got to hop on a bus and come back here just as the Crunch had to do. They score two goals in 72 seconds. They get a 2-0 lead. Within 14 minutes, they've got a 4-0 lead into the second period. And the Crunch are shell-shocked, and the Crunch are trying to figure out what to do. And Connor Ingram, who was brilliant in Game 2, remember, a 2-1 overtime game, Just didn't have it that night. So we'll see who's in net tonight. We'll see who Ben Grew puts out there tonight to try and save the crunch of season and keep the postseason run going as far as they can. We'll talk to Lucas Favalli about that, and we'll uh, discuss that coming up here. But that is my question. Are there any posters for that? What you got? It's not go get it tonight because that has been brushed aside temporarily. I want to see what kind of pride this team shows. I want to see what a day off does. I want to see who steps up. Is it the guys that have been at the top, the Kevin Lynch's and the Matthew Joseph's? Is it somebody that circles, you know, out of the shadows, if you will, and steps up unexpectedly for this team? You know, the playoffs have heroes that you know. Last night, the Washington Capitals, who celebrated, by the way, like they had just won the Stanley Cup, beat the Penguins and advanced the Eastern Conference Finals. And it was Alexander Ovechkin who assisted on the winning goal. This is one of the greatest goal scorers in the history of the game. But saw an opening, gave up the puck, and it was somebody out of the shadows that exercised a demon for the Washington Capitals last night. Who does that for the crunch tonight? Because this is the type of year, this is the type of game, this is the type of situation where excuses are out the window. What kind of pride do you show? Because one game becomes the other. And, you know, look, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I always hearken back to this because we're going to talk a lot of Yankees-Red Sox on this show today as well. But I just remember vividly, sorry to bring this up, Seth, 2004, the Red Sox are down 0-3, and there's that great kind of behind-the-scenes footage, and you've probably seen it by now, but Kevin Millar, who was kind of the, the lead goofball of that 2004 Red Sox team, is going around to everybody he could find before Game 4. And I remember him talking to Dan Shaughnessy and a number of people, and he just kept going to everybody and saying, don't let us win this game. Don't let us win this game. And he kind of laid out the scenario, if you let us win this game, then this happens in game five, then this happens in game six, and then game seven, anything can happen. That is the attitude that this Syracuse Crunch team has to have tonight because they are down 0-3. 
just like that. A 6-4 loss in Game 1, an overtime loss in Game 2, frankly, an embarrassing performance in Game 3. So what kind of pride do you show tonight? That is the question, and that is what we will try to lay out for you through the rest of the program. So we'll talk to Lucas Favalli shortly. We'll talk to Howard Dolgan later in the program. We'll mix in some baseball talk with Jared Diamond and Chris Smith as well. And looking forward to talking to all of them. Looking forward to talking to you if you want to hop on board at 437-7644. And, you know, the other big thing is uh, the Yankees and Red Sox that's going on tonight, starting tonight. And it's Drew Pomerantz against Luis Severino. Uh, Drew Pomerantz, who... Uh, last I checked, at a 6.18 ERA, and wouldn't be my first choice to go out there for the Red Sox tonight. But uh, he actually pitched pretty well in his last start, and that's just kind of how the rotation works out. But you got Drew Pomerantz against Luis Severino tonight. You got David Price against Tanaka tomorrow, and you've got Rick Porcello against CC Sabathia on Thursday. The Red Sox and Yankees are the top two teams in runs in the American League, and near the top in Major League Baseball. 197 to 192. The Yankees, as you know, Yankee fans, have won 15 of their last 16 games. And what is impressive about that is that the Angels, Astros, and Indians were the opponent in that streak. Think back to a couple weeks ago when you were freaking out about Stanton and a lot of things that, look, Yankee fans are Yankee fans, and you were pining for the return of Mike Francesa so you could call him up on WFAN and complain about Aaron Boone and the way that he was you know, taking the New York Yankees and digging a giant hole in the Bronx for this team. And now Yankee fans couldn't be happier, and you should be. But it is a great line that uh, Denny Green once said at a press conference, they are who we thought they are. And that's for both teams. The Red Sox have been consistent. The Red Sox have been that since day one of the season. couple of blips here and there. The Yankees dug themselves a little bit more of a hole, but then have come out of it. Just like that, 15 of 16, when it's Yankees and Red Sox, there's nothing better. And what is impressive, amongst many things, with how the Red Sox are doing it, is... Not only are they 14-1 and one in a stretch for the first time in 20 years, and 20 years ago every Yankee fan knows what they did, one of the greatest teams baseball has ever seen. Four of the ten wins that have come in this streak have been on the opponent's closer. And you just know that at some point in this series, it's going to come down to Craig Kimbrell has to come in and shut the door. And Craig Kimbrell is 9-for-9 in save opportunities. And Craig Kimbrell has gotten to 300 saves quicker than almost anybody in Major League Baseball history. So I am curious how many of these games will come down to the ninth inning, will come down to the bullpens, because the Red Sox bullpen, particularly Kimbrell, has been great. But the Red Sox have been great in the ninth inning. You know, Glaber Torres has been the, the hot thing here recently and just look at the tear that he's on you can go over a number of stats you know 857 OPS and the walk-off homer the other night he's been great in the late innings the Yankees have outscored their opponents in that streak 21 to 3 in the ninth inning they're hitting all the right buttons and now here on May 8th they play the Red Sox and it feels like October 8th Hopefully that will not be the next time we see the crunch play hockey at the beginning of another season we will get into that a little bit more with our good friend Lucas Favalli, we are borrowing his radio booth to do this radio show, so we'll bring him in his own booth. And we will discuss not only tonight's game, but crunch hockey. Tampa Bay has its first-round opponent, as we mentioned, the Washington Capitals. We'll maybe talk about that series a little bit. We'll drop the puck here at Center Ice, talk a little hockey coming up, plenty of Yankees, Red Sox, hot takes, and so much more as we continue. We are live today. Nice to get out of my booth and hang and kind of uh, – 
quasi-air conditioning on a nice sunny day in central New York. Here's center ice at the War Memorial. It's a beautiful thing. We're coming back after this with Lucas Favalli, the voice of the crunch. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey, hey, welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. So great to have you here. We're live, baby. We're live where it's all happening. See what the Syracuse Crunch have for us tonight. Game four of their Calder Cup playoff series against the Toronto Marlies. Uh, Game four, hopefully not the last game of this series. We've got Jared Diamond, Howard Dolgan, Chris Smith, all still to come to talk both Crunch Hockey and Yankees Red Sox right now, though. Hit me with that fancy open. Let's do some hot takes, baby. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. The Washington Capitals last night ended a 20-year Eastern Conference Finals drought. Let's listen to the call. At the blue line, lost it. Here come the Capitals. Lead pass to Zetra. Might have a chance. Walks in on goal. Shoots it. And is it in? It is. Kuznetsov has scored against Murray. And the Washington Capitals have won this game 2-1. to one, And they will win the series against the Penguins as Evgeny Kuznetsov coming right down the alley. Gave a couple of moves, went to the forehand. He finishes, and the Caps have won it by the score of 2-1. to one. As you can tell, that was the Pittsburgh Penguins radio network on the call. The Capitals radio call, as you can imagine, was uh, slightly more enthusiastic. And here's what I I have to wonder about with this Capitals team. First of all, good for them for knocking out the Penguins because the Penguins are annoying and nobody wants to see them win a third straight Stanley Cup. So we thank the Washington Capitals for that. My question is, do they get a serious case of happy to be theirs? Because what they do have now is time. They have time to let this wear down. They have time to get it out of their system. They have time to celebrate this. They do not have to go to a Game 7, which a Game 7 at home uh, be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tight uh, bottoms, I will say, in, in the Washington, D.C. area. Had uh, that been the case, and that crowd can bail on you quickly because they have seen uh, nothing but failure from the Capitals against the Penguins, in particular in the postseason. It's just incredible to me that you have one of the great goal scorers of all time, and now Alex Ovechkin has the opportunity to take the yeah but away because Ovechkin is one of the greatest players in the history of hockey by any measure. Yeah, but he never got to the Cup Final. Yeah, but he never won a Stanley Cup. By the way, he's never even been to the Eastern Conference Final. He has played in 1,003 regular season games, 109 playoff games, without advancing beyond the semifinals, which they did last night. Barry Trotz, by the way, who was burning hot seat any way you want to phrase it. and may still be on the hot seat, though you get to the Eastern Conference Finals that should kind of absolve you from any hot seat discussions for another year. But Barry Trotz has coached 1,524 regular season games, over 100 in the playoffs, never got to the Conference Finals. Ovechkin, 15 points in 12 games for the Caps. The Caps had lost in consecutive seasons 
to the Pens both times in the Eastern Conference semis and both times watching Pittsburgh go on to win the Cup. So it is not just about the fact that the Capitals got to the Eastern Conference Finals. It is the fact that they beat the Penguins to do it. And now they've got time to get it out of their system that they beat the Pens. Because you've got a really good Tampa Bay Lightning team that's finding its groove, that's getting healthy, that's got great goaltending, has more rest, and is bound and determined, as is the Capitals, to win the Stanley Cup. And whoever this team plays is going to get a real tough test from whoever they play in the Western Conference Final. And, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are just sitting around waiting for an opponent. And Game 7 between the Jets and the Preds is not till Thursday night. So Vegas is just sitting around getting healthy and getting rest and just, you know, cranking up that speed for another series. Who wouldn't want to see Vegas play Tampa Bay in the Dan Duva Bowl? But the Capitals at least will have time to get it out of their system that they beat the Pens. For their, I'm happy for their fans. Give them a day or two to celebrate this. I wonder where the focus goes now. You can Let's listen to that. We've got the uh, Washington Capitals call of the win last night. Let's listen to that. A tag on the right wing to Crosby. A poke check away, and now the counter. Here come the Caps. Kuznetsov gets loose. Evgeny coming down the middle. A shot, and it comes in over. He scores! He scores! Evgeny Kuznetsov wins it for Washington! It's off to the third round. The Demons have been exercised. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. We're going to Tampa Bay. The Capitals have done it! So you could hear it in that call from the Capitals radio network. You could see it on the face of Alex Ovechkin last night. They showed him you know, quite a few times after that game. And I am not a psychologist. I just play one on the radio. But I saw a man who you could see years of tension and years of failure and years of not only losing and not getting to the finals, but losing to the darn Penguins year after year, just leave a man's body. And now we get what we should have gotten for a long time and by no fault of his own because he has been brilliant every step of the way. Ovechkin, the best player in the game in the Eastern Conference Finals. But a lot of fans around here, and of course the Tampa Bay Lightning, will have no sympathy for him because it is mission win the Stanley Cup, as it should be in Tampa, because that's what that team was built for. They were one of the best teams in hockey all year. They got Stamkos back. They got healthy. They got all the pieces they need to win the Cup. But they've got a really hungry Capitals team. And here's what I like about the Caps. They may be too young to care. Now, Ovechkin's been around. Backstrom didn't play last night, but he's a veteran who's been through all those losses. There's a real mix of a few key veteran guys. You know, uh, Braden Holpe's been around for a lot of these series, too. But there's a lot of young guys on the Caps that they don't know what you're talking about when you talk about all these postseason failures. And that's what I'm wondering tonight with the crunch. Are they too young to know, too young to care? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that like, oh, three, that's fine. What are you talking about? We'll, We'll come out of this. So, Caps fans, I'm happy for you. And I will say it once again. This is the year. That's hot. There you go. On the button there, Goldberg. Good job. Um, Listen, I am not one that can speak about this because I am not one that would ever have to relate to this in a way that my ancestors went through this. But if you're going to break out the slavery comparison Boy, you better have a backup to your argument because it's interesting to see Wendell Carter's mother, of course, Wendell Carter from Duke, broke this out. 
And what she said was this, and you can go read the whole story, get the whole context. Just don't take the few quotes I'm going to give you here and pass judgment. Read the story, read the whole thing. And I believe, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw in my travels today that she played collegiate sports. Like She speaks not only from experience of a mother of an athlete, but as an athlete herself. And she says this, and I quote, The problem I see is not with student-athletes, it's not with the coaches or the institutions of higher learning, but it's with a system where the laborers are the only people that are not being compensated for the work that they do, while those in charge receive mighty compensation, she said. The only two systems where I've known that to be in place are slavery and the prison system. And now I see the NCAA as overseers of a system that is identical to that. So it's difficult for me to sit here and not say that there is a problem that is sickening. And she goes on to give a number of quotes and a number of perspectives about, you know, the NCAA system and how it works and how it's, listen, it's never been more under fire than it is now. I've brought it up a number of times, how flawed the system is, how we've got to find a way to let athletes be compensated for their likeness. To, you know, if you are going to bring in these athletes and market them and use them as pawns and use them in you know brochures and, and put out things on social media for the fill-in-the-blank sponsor player of the game and that player doesn't get compensation for being said player of the game and many other examples that I can give you here that take place here in Syracuse, by the way, and I'm not just picking on them because it's the system and they play by the rules and you know that's what you've got to do. It's, it's a business like any other. To me, this is like the Colin Kaepernick thing. Once you take a big stand and you choose something as explosive, you choose something as controversial, you choose a symbol like the American flag, like the national anthem, and use that as your forum to protest, you are going to block out whatever number you want to put on it, half your audience, 60% of your audience, a large portion of your audience, because you went for shock value first. Now, I don't blame Wendell Carter's mother in a sense because if you just do it the normal way, no one pays attention to you in this world where you've got to speak louder and do more brash things to stand out on social media, to get your story on ESPN.com or wherever it shall be, to get me to talk about it on a radio show in Syracuse, New York. You've got to stand out that way. So I don't blame her in that sense, but your message will also get lost because people won't read beyond the headlines. They won't read beyond The social media takes, they'll just say, you compared what to slavery? Your kid got to play basketball at Duke, and how dare you? And all of a sudden, the conversation steers a different direction. It's like, well, did you read what she said? Did you read the point she's making? And you can't do that these days. You just can't. So who am I to speak about this, make that comparison? I'm not the mother of a student athlete. My ancestors did not go through this, but I think you've got to be careful. When you go for the flame-throwing comparison, when you go for such a loud, brash comparison, slavery, Nazis, use the American flag, kneel during the national anthem, because with that comes not only the attention you asked for, but a lot of undue attention you did not want. So we'll see if her message gets out there and if it's a message that is deeper and beyond the usual the NCAA needs to compensate athletes type of thing. But where I admire Wendell Carter's mother where I will give some credit is the people that get these messages across are the biggest names and Carter is going to be a lottery pick he's going to be a top five pick you know tell you about Colin Kaepernick his name has become synonymous with this and he you know it has been made out to be since he's been out of football like Brett Favre retired in his prime 
when Colin Kaepernick retired from football, he was an average quarterback, and he's still an average quarterback, right? The people that make the biggest waves in these discussions are the biggest names, and that's sad to say because it's not that, you know, the last guy on the bench should not have as much of a voice here, but Wendell Carter is a name and is a person who would be right there in the conversation on the short list of athletes that would get compensated in a different world, that Duke would have to in some way compensate if this was a way to do it, right? It's You've got the names that have to move this conversation forward are the names that, that stand out like this. So the fact that it's his mother shouldn't take away from that. But, again, when you go for the big splash and you go for the big comparison, I think sometimes your, your message gets lost. Four three seven seven six forty four. Yeah, there you go. Brent Tax Media. The text line is two eight eight zero six four four. We're here at the War Memorial. We're getting ready for crunch hockey tonight, but you know what else we're getting ready for? Yankees, Red Sox. We've got three guests coming up next hour, so it's going to be busy on that front. Jared Diamond, our friend from the Wall Street Journal, not only on Yankees and Sox, but all things baseball. Howard Dolgan will join us to talk about this series and this hockey team and what they're going to show tonight to get back in this thing. Chris Smith from MassLive.com, who covers the Red Sox. We had a Yankees beat reporter on yesterday, so in the interest of fairness, We'll have a Red Sox reporter on today. So much to do. We're live at the War Memorial to do it. Hang in there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.